are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Praise God. Well, I told everybody that I'm going to move in prophetic ministry today, and so which I am. And we have a lot of people here. Praise Jesus. Usually in a Friday afternoon, we probably get, you know, I would say half, you know, with, with last night, usually we'd get half this crowd. But people are hungry, and I believe that God wants to respond to your hunger. Amen? I know the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so I'm going to just share a short message that the Lord gave to me because I want to talk about unlocking your prophetic words. And how many are ready to see your prophetic words come to pass? And then at the end of this service, what I want to do is, I don't know how long this is going to go. It could go for an hour. It could go for two and a half hours. But I'm committed to praying for every single person in here, asking God for a word for blessing for you. I'm not going to say that I'm going to read your mail, so you don't have to be worried, what is he going to say? I want to agree with you that this is your season of breakthrough. And that I want to, I really believe that God wants to speak to each and every one of you. So I'm going to take as much time as I can. If it takes two hours, I'll take two hours. I'm committed to being with you guys. It's my honor to serve you um, this afternoon. But I want to talk to you, though, just for a little bit to stir up your faith. I want to talk about accessing your prophetic words and seeing your prophetic words come to pass. And here's what the Lord told me He said, Sam, there's two types of anointings that rest on a person. There's your priestly anointing and your kingly anointing. How many know you're called to be priests and kings? Amen? I want you to turn with me. Look at this. Revelations chapter 1. Now, I know there's other anointings that God can give you, but these are primary in every single Christian. Now, you know, we might have other anointings for, you know, and giftings for, like, let's say evangelism or, you know, apostolic. You know, there's, there's apostle anointings. There's teacher anointings. But I can tell you this, there are two things that I believe that God has called every single Christian to have. You're called to be a priest and a king. How many of you are called to rule and reign with Christ? And that here's what the Lord has spoken to me just recently. And I actually, I heard this in San Diego with Jeremy Nelson. How many know there's a difference between power and authority? And I heard this saying, I want to I repeat this, power can heal a body but authority can drive out the enemy. I'm going to say that again. Power can heal a body, but authority can rebuke devils. How many are ready to rebuke devils in this season? Praise God for healing, but how many want to see every attack of the enemy silenced? Where it's for some of us where we've been, we've been in this season where we've been blessed, but it's like every time we've been blessed, it's like in some ways we feel a little bit stolen from. You ever felt like that? It's like you take one step forwards and two steps back. I felt like the Lord said this, today I want to close every demonic door of the enemy. Where the enemy's stolen from you, enough is enough. It's time to get back what God has for you. And it's time to see those words come to pass. And so, you know, we've had a lot of teaching on the priestly anointing, but today I want to talk a little bit about our kingly anointing. And so if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to grab my notes. I'm going old school, by the way. I left my iPad, I think in Kelowna. (laughs) But praise God for hard copies. Um, 
But look at this, verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be kings, say kings, He has made us to be kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to say this again. He has made us to be kings and priests. And the Lord's been speaking to me this. Sam, I I love that you know how to operate in your priestly anointing. And what I mean by that, I call it, it's your vertical relationship. And when, you know, you come and worship, wasn't worship awesome this afternoon? I just want to thank the band. Like, seriously, Zane, bro, love it. Love these guys all the way from Sylvan Lake. Drove over five hours to be here to partner with you guys. And, um, and they're just as excited, maybe a little bit tired. But, um, but I'm telling you, though, I love it. I love our priestly anointing. When we can come into the room and experience the glory. How many know there's nothing like the glory? Like David said, you know, I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I just want to be there. Wherever God is, I just want to be. That's why I was talking about San Diego. It's amazing. Last week, we had people from all over the world coming to San Diego. They've been over 225 nights of revival. Straight. Over 50 countries. Almost every single state in the United States. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes in the room, almost 25% Canadian. The Canadians are hungry. Jeremy's told me he, they've had meetings where it's like, they're, how many are from Canada? Wow! And he's like, where? Forget the snowbirds, it's the glory birds. They're, they're hungry. Canada's hungry for the glory. And I love it, and I love our priesthood anointing. We, 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 by the grace of God, by what Jesus has done, he's, he's rendered, he's ripped the veil in two. And as a priest, we're able to stand in his presence freely. Wow, what a gift. But there's another anointing. It's your horizontal anointing. It's what Adam lost, but Jesus restored. Because how many know Jesus said all authority has been given to me? How many know he has the keys today? And he's given those keys to you. I believe it's Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two. It's the key of David that opens up doors no man can close and closes doors no man can open. And that God has released his authority to you where we can go in a region and say to Cold Lake in Jesus' name, all addictions stop now. All poverty go now in Jesus' name. All corruption has to stop because God, you've given me authority to open up doors no man can close and to close doors no man can open. Jesus said this, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. Why? Because you carry the on earth as it is in heaven. Everywhere that you go, God is looking for people that are so in love with him that understand how to be a priest and a king. Men, I call it multitasking. How many of guys aren't always the best multitaskers? We're learning. (laughs) At least I am. (laughs) But we have a vertical and horizontal relationship that God wants to release. And here's what the Lord told me. I want to give revelation on my, to my people on the kingly anointing. 
how they're not serving money, but money serves them. How they carry such a favor and authority that doors open because they understand who they are and whose they are. And so the Lord was speaking this to me. And, and um, I, you know, I've, like I was sharing before, I've had the privilege of being with Indonesia with some of the greatest leaders there. And uh, we probably know about seven billionaires from Indonesia that are, that are touching the whole nation. They, did, they had, uh, uh, what's his name, Reinhard Bonnke there. You guys, they had two and a half million people show up. Mostly Muslims. How many are ready to see that in Canada? Two and a half million people. God, release it in our nation. And I was talking to them, and, and I was talking about the kingly anointing because they're doing all this amazing stuff. I said, Canada needs this. God wants to open up our minds to believe the God dream in this season. That we're not just called to have church buildings, but I'm believing that we're called to see our cities transformed. And so, I asked him, I said, what's, what's, the, what's one of the keys to operating this? And here's what one of them said, a good friend of mine. His name is Edward Ong. He owns two five-star resorts. They had the United Nations at his hotel. Man carries incredible authority. He said, Sam, the key that you're looking for is the life of David. Because David learned how to be a priest and a king. God trained him in the midst of shepherding how to be a priest, and he would play before God, and he carried this horizontal relationship. But God also taught him how to be a king. And David is one of the greatest success stories in the Bible. Like if you took it in our terms right now, think about this, David the shepherd. It'd be like you working at McDonald's. Imagine the prophet of Canada comes to you at McDonald's while you're working and says, excuse me, sir or ma'am, I have a word for you. You're going to be Prime Minister of Canada. You know what I would say? You want a biggie size that? You want French fries, milkshake? Think about it. David, operating as a shepherd. Nobody knew him. But yet, in his lifetime, he went from a complete place of nobody knew him, a complete place of insignificance to all of a sudden prominence. Why? Because God taught him how to be a king. And you know what? And we see this, that Samuel releases the word. And then out of this place of where Samuel says, you're going to be king over Israel, David goes through, I'm going to give you four keys today. David goes through four keys on how to receive his kingly anointing. And so if you're taking notes, I'm going to tell you this. Number one, here's the first thing that David learns. As soon as Samuel anointed David, one or two chapters later, it talks about how God opens up a door for David to serve Saul. How many know if you're called to be in ministry, you got to learn how to be a servant? Friends, can I tell you something? God is bringing us back to the start again. You know why? There's only one name above every other name. Too often, ministry has been about superstars and, you know, how big is your conference? What's going on? How many know Jesus Christ is the only name that will make every knee bow and every tongue confess? And it's in his name where there's breakthrough. It's in his name where demons will flee. And so David, and, and I feel this, he was anointed king. And what does God do? He gives David an opportunity to serve Saul. And here's my word for you. Can you serve someone else's vision? Or I'll put it this way. Do you have mothers and fathers in your life? How many here, you're hungry for mothers and fathers? Like I said this before, I'm so blessed. I have such good parents. Charlie and Shirley Robinson, I'm going to honor them I'm telling you, till the day they go into glory, I'm going to honor them because without them, they saw something in me I couldn't see in myself. And there's certain leaders that I honor that took a chance and they saw something in me 
and they called out the greatness in me, and for that I'm so thankful. But at the same time, how many know there's a requirement to do that for my kids and the next generation? And there's a requirement in this season. Get ready, you guys. There's a harvest that's coming. How many of some of us were about to be parents, whether we like it or not? Oh! Listen, I was just in my, one of my friend's church. We did an evangelistic event. We had 600 people there. Almost everybody was unsaved in Quebec. We did an altar call. Over 400 people gave their life to Jesus. <laughs> Can I tell you something? My, that was on Saturday. On Sunday morning, they had a service. On Sunday night, my friend phoned me up. He said, Sam, you blew up my church. I'm like, what? He's like, you blew up my church. I said, I realize we went from 400 to 800 in one service. Doubled. That's a big, 400's a big church in Quebec. It's the least evangelized place in all of Canada. It's actually classified as an unreached people group in the world. <laughs> and all of a sudden, his church went from 400 to 800. And he realized he was standing at the front. And he's looking at his notes. And you know what he had a revelation? Half the people do not care what I have to say on these notes. Because they've never been to church. They don't understand the Christianese. They don't get the language. He said, Sam, we had to grow up real quick. And my people had to grow up. There were people that were six months in the Lord having to start home groups. For some of us, we wouldn't even put them in our parking lot ministry. But because of the need was so high, all of a sudden, guys, you had to be a leader. You had to step up. How many know you have a choice when you're a parent to step up? I don't care what happens. Listen, when a baby is born, you have a choice to step up. When I'm with my family, I'm, I'm amazed. But I, listen, I love my wife. If you've, listen, ladies, if you've ever given birth, you are off the charts. Because I have no idea. But you know, we got two kids. And there's poopy diapers. And there's a lot of crying. And I, you know, and, and sometimes Kristen can't bring the kids on the road. And I come back and I'm like, I just stayed in a hotel or I'm hanging out with a friend. I had four days of like Disneyland. It's like, ah. And I go home and my wife's like, you're home. I had four days of with the kids, poopy diapers, crying, all this stuff. How do you know it's work? <laughs> a lot of you are like, uh-huh, get ready. And when I, when I get home, guess what? Poopy diapers. Because I go on duty, duty. <laughs> but I, whether you like it or not, guess what? You have a responsibility. Same thing in the church. There's people coming in. You can't use an excuse of, oh, I've only been in the church three months. When harvest comes, guess what? You're the old guy. I used to joke around all the time. Wow, we got so many older people in our church. Now I look, I'm like, man, God, I'm the old guy. I'm 30. And I'm looking, I'm like, I'm the old guy. There's all these people that are newly saved. They've never been to church. He met with this whole leadership team, my friend, pastor friend, from Eastern Townships in Quebec. He said, we're canceling all of our programs. We're scrapping everything. He says, we need a vision that's from heaven. They've kept all the people. Now they've kept, they're still growing and growing and growing and growing. And the church is vibrant. Why? Because people chose to step up. You know what we need, friends, in Canada more than ever? We need moms and dads. Can I tell you what worship leaders need? Moms and dads. You know what? I believe there's a worship movement that's coming that's going to carry so much fathers and mothers that I'm telling you there's going to be such a release of whole worship in this season coming out of Canada because there's fathers and mothers that are going to teach their children and the people around them how to lead in the secret place. 
And there's going to be people that are going to be in business that are going to be mothers and fathers. There's going to be people that are evangelists that are going to be mothers and fathers. Get ready. Some of you have been crying out for mothers and fathers. This is the season where those people are coming. How many say amen? Because how many know even though David was anointed king, in the natural, he had no idea how to run a kingdom. And God brought him, even though it was Saul, God brought him in a place where he could serve Saul and learn how to be a king. So the Lord wants to release mothers and fathers. Number two is this. Oof. This is a really good one. This is worth the price of admission right now. How do you handle conflict? If you want to learn how to operate in your kingly anointing, I got a word for you today. Your mouth will either promote or demote you in this season. Friends, too often I hear people, when things get tough, they start leaving. And you know what? Honestly, I'm tired of hearing people talk negatively about our leaders. I hate that. You want to talk about something? You want, to, you want me to walk away from a conversation? You start, start uh, talking negative about people, I'll walk away. I do not, in our ministry, we do not allow people to trash other ministries. We don't. We will not let that happen. Because that's not how our father operates. And he believes the best. And even if there's stuff that's going on, you know what? We all have stuff. And you know what? I would rather empower the good in someone's life and see the good. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's, there's not things that we have to work on, but I would rather say, God, I thank you. I, I prophesy the good. I pull out the good things of God. That's what you want to know what prophecy is. Prophecy is calling on the destiny that's inside of you. Prophecy, true prophecy is calling out those things, which even though right now maybe they're dormant, maybe they feel like a far off, we can pull on those things and say, God, we just make a demand on those things. We thank you. We pull those things in the now. But how do you handle conflict? And here's my word. I shared on this yesterday. God wants to release over a generation the power of humility. You know what? You know how God wants to release something? I, I love what Bill Johnson said. I gotta, I gotta read this quote. How many like Bethel? Bill, I love Bill Johnson. I love their team. The, one of the greatest things that I, I love about their team is that they're committed to relationship. How many know they've been together for years, even before they were Bethel? And they decided to walk with each other and said, listen, we're here for you. We're here for your family. We're more concerned about your family and your personal life than your ministry. Because we know that if you don't have a good personal life, you'll never have a good ministry life. And we want to see you be the best you because we know that God's called you to walk an abundant life. How many want to operate in John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I've given you life, an abundant life. And we see here, I love, this is what Bill Johnson said. The beautiful privilege of the Christian life is to rule with the heart of a servant and to serve with the heart of a king. I'm going to say that again. The beautiful privilege of the Christian life is to rule with a heart of a servant. How many rule with the heart of a servant? You want to just, you want to live to serve. I want people to know me that I live to give. To rule with the heart of a servant and to serve with the heart of a king. In my service, I want to operate in the most extravagant way. When people get around me, you know, how many of there's times in your life when you meet certain people and they just make you feel awesome? Have you ever had that before? You get around certain people and it's like you leave that conversation feeling so empowered. I want that with every person that I meet. 
Because when you operate truly in your kingly anointing, I'll tell you what you have. You understand the power of humility because the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And friends, honestly, I feel like this is going to be a great weapon in the hands of the church in Canada. It's the power of humility. Because when we humble ourselves, and you know what? Nobody likes when people speak negative about us. Nobody. I, we, you listen, some of my favorite people on the planet, if you Google them, the first 10 things that you see are like, these guys are cult people, they're crazy, and it's all negative. I usually find all my friends on that page. Honestly. And you see all this negative stuff, and you know, when I talk to them, I'm thinking, hey, what do you think? You know what? I've never heard Bill Johnson say one negative thing about his critics. My dad, Charlie Robinson, I've been in places where they said, you're never coming back. And they've tore a strip, and I'm a, I'm a son, I'm ready to get up, and I'll listen, I'll give them the right hand of fellowship. Because he's my dad. And I would watch him. When people didn't understand him, and they didn't get the glory, he would look at them and humble himself. Because when you humble yourself, you allow the Lord to be your defense. Too often, we're trying to be our own defense. And so we get caught up in the battle and we get hurt in the battle when God is saying it's time to humble ourselves and allow the Lord to lift up a standard and allow the Lord to surround us. He will be a wall of fire round about in the glory in the midst. And he wants to release a, a revelation of humility as we lift him up. He surrounds us and the enemy can't touch us. I believe it's one of the greatest things that's going to help because too often, friends, it's because of offense that knocks out revival. You can almost trace back every single revival when it stopped, it was because of offense. God wants leaders to walk together humbly, arm in arm together. It doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not trying to prove that I'm right. Jesus is right. And mercy triumphs over judgment. I, I want to believe the best in people. I don't care if you're Baptist or Presbyterian, whatever you are. If you love Jesus, I love you. And I want to walk with you because you know what? It's bigger than one person. And I'm believing God for revival in every single church. How many want to see God move in every church in Cold Lake? I mean every single church a move of God where freedom is being released and the sons and daughters are coming back and there's so much growth that we have to say, hey, listen, you got to take some of the harvest because God is moving so much in revival. Can you take 100 people in your church? You know, it's amazing. Ever since, you know, since December, we've really been pushing into harvest. Harvest changes a lot of things. Our biggest critics have now become our biggest intercessors. We have a very large church in Abbotsford that used to criticize us. One of the largest churches in Canada, 3,500 members. They're like, oh, I don't know about this glory stuff. And I'd be like, I wanted to say something. You know what the Lord told me? Pray for them. Pray for them. Every time you hear something negative that's spoken about you, pray for them. You know why? Because if you pray for them, I will touch them. You don't have to defend yourself. Let me come in and visit with them. And so all of a sudden, some of their people started coming up to our evangelistic events. So the head pastor, and you know this church in Abbotsford, it's a massive church. Try, you would know this church if I told you. Massive, 3,500 members. He phones me up. I don't even know how he got my number. He phones me up. Samuel, I need to sit down with you. One of the largest churches in Canada phones me. I'm in Starbucks in Abbotsford. And he looks at me. He says, Samuel, you know what? We might not agree on everything, but I love your heart for harvest. He says, I want to work with you. He says, what do you think if we do an event in Abbotsford, B.C., and my church will foot the whole entire bill? 
We'll give you up to $50,000 to fit the whole entire bill to do a harvest event in our city. You do it the way that you want it because, listen, you have harvest. We're believing God for this, and we want to work with you. The very church that was speaking negative against us is now wanting to serve the vision that God's given in our hearts. Why? When you operate in humility. The third thing that God taught David, whew, and I love this, is can you see the potential that's all around you? God wants to release eyes to see. One of the greatest things about David's life, I love this, is that, you know, when you read David, is, he's chased out by Saul, and, and he's living in, you know, the caves of Abdullam. And uh, maybe like some of us, I'll tell you what, it's time for the eagles to come out of the caves in this season. In Cold Lake, some of you, you even feel like you're in a cave. Guess what? Get ready. It's your season of coming out. How many want to come out in this season? The, the old eagles are coming out again. I can feel it. Some of you, the old eagles, you've been felt like you've been driven in caves. Prophetic hasn't been received. Listen, this is a new season. God is releasing the eagles out of the caves. But can you see the potential that's all around you? And here's David in the midst of the caves of Abdullam. And he's got those that are depressed, those that are distressed, and those in debt. Now that doesn't sound like a good all-star team in the kingdom. I'll just be real. Those are the kind of people you're like, well, bless you. What does David do? He takes all those people and he starts to mentor them. And if you keep reading your Bibles, the Bible says this, Foof, is that those very people that were in the caves of Bedouin with him became David's mighty men. Why? Because he wasn't worried that what's... what. He wasn't worried about what was on their life. How many are getting this? He wasn't afraid about what was on their life coming on him. He was more interested on the glory of God that was in him coming on them. Friends, there's too much fear in the church that says what's out there is going to infect us. So we live in a safety of the four walls and we hope to goodness that nobody comes in with big issues because we're worried that their demons are going to come on us. And we're so afraid of the demonic and the darkness and people with issues that we rather have the safety of four walls. When Jesus moved in so many miracles outside the four walls of the church and David moved as a leader with the distress, the depressed, and those in debt because he believed that what he carried was greater than what they had. And the glory of God is the most, I believe, the most infectious substance that a Christian can carry. It's greater than any disease. I'm telling you, friends, the glory of God, it, it'll come on you and you can't get rid of it. One touch from Jesus changes everything. But there's a fear that God wants to break off in this season. He wants to get us out of this mindset that there's the world out here and this is our safe place and hopefully we hold on and go to heaven one day. How many know you're called to have dominion? Come on, somebody, listen, this is your, the, Cold Lake, if you're living as a Christian, this is your city. And somebody's going to have to stand up and say, you know what, God, I thank you. On my watch, we're going to see Cold Lake change. And on our watch, we're going to see depression lift. On our watch, we're going to see all those things that the enemies try to do for evil. God's going to turn those things around for good. But you have to see a different way. And I said this last night, God wants to get us out of the crow's nest and into the eagle's nest. And, he, and, I, and, I, and I feel this. For some of us, you know what that really means? For some of us, we need to watch who we're flying with. Listen, if you're an eagle, you're not called to hang around chickens. 
God wants you to fly with the eagles in this season. It's time to get into a place where we soar together, where we believe together. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend. It's time, friends, to start to talk about God more, get around hungry people, start to find those people that are burning for him. Because when people come together that are burning for Jesus, what does the Bible say? If two or three come together and agree, he's in your midst. And how many, when Jesus shows up, everything changes? Listen, I, I feel this right now. Some of you, you have workplace, you know, there's Christians in your workplace. Come together, two or three of you, and you'll have revival. It doesn't take much. It just takes a handful of people believing God. I believe that there's enough people in this room to see a move of God. Whew. How many are stirred? I'm just like, I can feel it. You know, because this is bigger than just a meeting. I believe God wants to move on the city. The fourth thing that God released over David, and it's the thing, and I'm telling you, it's like the thing before graduation. And many of you, you're going through this, and I'm telling you, you're about to come on the other side. And it's this, is overcoming discouragement. Overcoming discouragement is one of the last things that the enemy does before your breakthrough. Because usually just before you're right there, the enemy tries to get you so discouraged and so hopeless because he's hoping for you to give up. And if you remember David, I, and I love 1 Samuel, um, you know, it talks about it in, in chapter 30. Wow. And you know, it, it talks about how David was afraid. And actually, if you read 1 Samuel 27, it talks about how David said in his heart that, you know, he was probably one day going to die at the hand of Saul. So what does he do? He, he actually goes down and makes a deal with the Philistines. And so you read in 1 Samuel 30 that because, really, because of David's hopelessness or discouragement, he makes a deal with the enemy. And so he receives a city. If you, if you read your Bibles in 1 Samuel 30, he receives a city called Zitlag. Say Zitlag. You know what that word means? Fortress. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, Sam, many people will trade in their God-given freedom for a false sense of security. I'm going to say that again. Many people, because of discouragement, will trade in their God-given freedom for a false sense of security. I'm going to tell you another thing. How many heard about the fires in, in Fort St. John? And, and there was also another place uh, in Fort McMurray. And there was two fires that were taking place in the forts at the same time. And the Lord told me this. He said, Sam, it's all about the forts. And then I looked up the word zitlag, and it's the word fortress. And they both, all three have one thing in common. They're all being burned to the ground. And here's what the Lord told me. He said, Sam, in this season, the enemy's trying to move in fear to stop people from moving forwards. The enemy wants to try to discourage you from moving forwards. Because if you don't give up, you win. How many want to be on the winning team? Amen. You are on the winning team. And if you read your Bibles, the Bible says at the end of the book, we win. So we see this with David in 1 Samuel 30. He makes a deal with the enemy. He receives it like, and it keeps going. And the Bible says that as he went out one day and he came back, it says that the enemy came in and destroyed everything of his, everything, burnt the whole city down with fire and took the kids, took the wives, took all the possessions. And here's David with his mighty men, and there's nothing left. What does David do? In the midst of his own guys, the guys that he's lived with, they wanted to stone him. David stands there, and the Bible says that David strengthens himself in the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, friends, right now. This is going to help you in your walk with the Lord. I have learned how not to become hope deferred. Because even when you feel like things have not gone the, the way according to plan, even when you feel like the enemy's stolen from you, you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. 
And the, if you read what that word strengthen means, it means to find God. And so when David strengthened himself in the Lord, what the Bible is saying, that he found God in himself. How many want to find God in yourself today? In the midst of where you feel like the only thing that you have, the only possessions that you have are the clothes on your back. Here's David. And he finds God in himself. Whew. How many know the devil can try to take your possessions? He can try to take your relationships. But he can't take your relationship with God. Friends, there's a lot of things that the enemy's stolen from you. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm tired of this. Devil, get your squatting hands off my property in Jesus' name. Too often, there's too many devils on people's prophetic words. It's time to give the eviction notice to the enemy and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Devil, get your hands off my kids. Devil, get your hands off my finances. Enough is enough. Selah. No. <laughs> and so here's the word of the Lord. Before we move into some prophetic prayer, the Lord releases a word. Can we get the, can we get the band? No, oh, dude, I'm like robbing you of family time here. I know, what a, sorry, bro. <laughs> You're having a great time. If we can get the band up, because what does the Lord speak to David in the midst of strengthening himself? Pursue, overtake, and recover all. I want you to say this with me. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Come on, why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up? We're going to exercise a little bit. Come on, Troy, we're, we're moving. We're going we're gonna to get in the glory and burn some calories at the same time. This is better than any Jenny Craig special. You know why? Because God wants to release an inheritance back. For some of you, the devil has stolen things from you. Enough is enough. It's time to see your inheritance come back in Jesus' name. Whew. So I want to say this together. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Say it again. Pursue overtake and recover all pursue overtake and recover all that's really good can I tell you something though we're going to go up a level because God wants to shift it from up here and he wants you to shift it into here where your spirit is now here's what I want to ask you in a second I want to give you an application where's an area where the devil is stolen from you that you want to see back for some of you it's your kids I want you to visualize your kids being on fire worshiping Jesus. Some of you, it's finances. Some of you, it's health. I want you to visualize right now God's restoration power in whatever that issue is right now. I want you to see the breakthrough. And we're going to speak this word right now from here, from the inside, where, where our spirit is. The kingdom of God is inside of us. We want to speak from here and release that word. And, and I believe as we're releasing that word and thinking on, the area of breakthrough, God is about to move in that place. Amen? So say this with me. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Again, pursue, overtake, recover all. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Hey, wow. Can we just give the Lord praise today? Wow, recover all. Lord, we just release it right now. Why don't we just lift up our hands? And then after this, I'm going to pray for everybody. We're going to line people up. And if, if you have to go, you can be released. But I do, I'm going to lay hands and I'm going to believe God for words for people. I, like I said, I never do this, but the Lord spoke this to me and said, Sam, there's a grace to do this today. 
But right now, I just see over people, I see literally, it's like fishing nets of blessing. It's like, I, I just see it in the room. It's like these fishing nets filled with treasure and abundance. And I, I just see right now that things are opening for you where there's been like almost like a blessing that's been contained. The Lord is releasing right now. Wow. Just as authority and it's just breaking through. And I see it's like scrolls and, and, and finances. And Lord, I thank you for all the things that you want to release right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just receive it. We thank you that every good and perfect gift Wow, comes from our Father. And Lord, we thank you right now for the inheritance that we, Lord, that you're releasing. We thank you, Lord, for sons and daughters that are coming back. Lord, we give you praise right now. Lord, we thank you. We're standing right now and we're saying, Lord, we thank you for the restoration of our inheritance. Everything that the enemy's stolen from, Lord, from us is coming back now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.